Welcome to Banking on KC. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. With us on this episode is Nickel and Suede founder, Kylie Nichols. Welcome, Kylie. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. You know, like so many entrepreneurs, you founded Nickel and Suede to satisfy a need for yourself. You couldn't find something that you were looking for. So you started out on this journey that eventually became Nickel and Suede. So talk with us about how you formally launched the company and what led up to that. Yeah, great, great question. And uh, definitely the beginning of this, I guess, maybe second launch of my life. You know, I was a stay-at-home mom. I had a fashion blog. We had some Etsy shops and always loved making things. And I've always loved fashion. And so I found myself, you know, taking pictures of my outfit every day as fashion bloggers do and needed a pair of earrings. I had a pair that I always wore that was silver. And I said, I'd We'd really like to find a gold pair of these. I'm kind of a creature of habit on some of those accessories, but we had gold leather in the house that we'd used for other Etsy projects and things. And so I said, maybe that leather would give me the same look I'm going for. And so I cut out a pair of earrings out of the gold leather and put hooks on them, just very, you know, DIY, just self-sufficient. Okay, great. I've got the accessory I need. And then as I talked it over with friends and, and wore them throughout the day, it was like, wow, these are really different than the earrings I usually wear. They look the same, but they feel so different. So that kind of was the moment that sparked the, I think we have something new here. And as I looked around, no one was really doing anything like it in the leather industry and certainly not jewelry. It was kind of meshing these two things. And so we said, I think we can we can do more of this. And every customer that we showed them to and they tried, you know, we just did little pop-ups at little vendor events and things. And they said, yeah, I'll try those. And then once they did, it was, I don't ever want to wear anything else. These are so lightweight. They feel so different than what I normally wear. Or we also had a lot of women who said, well, I never wear earrings, but you're telling me these are lightweight. These are good for sensitive ears. This is going to, I could actually try them. And it, you know, it took away some of their, their inhibition. So trying earrings, feeling like it um, gave them some confidence. They wanted more of them. And so I said, we had to do more of this. Pretty soon the, that like took over the sales I was ever doing with little Etsy shops. And so we said, this has some potential. So Nicole and Suede is born. And now seven years later, you have a national brand with several retail locations. You have a design office, you have a production facility, and your export business is growing too. It's a lot, especially when you say it like that. You know, if I'd have told myself back then what where we'd be now, I'd say, well, how? How on earth? And Kelly and I were just talking about like, well, you've just start figuring things out. And that's exactly what my husband and I did. He left his job and joined me. And we started in the basement and then we figured out how to make as many earrings as we could and we'd sold them all. And so then just kind of continuing to figure it out as we grew. So the first retail shop was something we had to learn and we figured it out and it was successful. So we added another and another and same with, you know, moving out of our basement into another facility and then we outgrew that. And so we had to figure out how to get into a bigger one. So it's definitely been a lot of small steps that have added up to pretty quick changes for us. It's not going unrecognized. Inc., I don't remember the exact rankings, but you've landed on Inc.'s top companies list for several years now, right? Yeah, that was really exciting and kind of a fun stamp of approval or, wow, okay, we do have something here. The first year we landed on Inc. was, I want to say 2018. 
And we were 127 out of 5,000. And when we opened it, my husband was just like, what? Like he couldn't even process it. Like we were hoping for 4,240, you know, right. too. But so it <laughs> yeah. was, it was kind of a good, like really exciting boost to continuing what we we're doing. And then the next year we were in the 500s and it just felt like, okay, no wonder we're so tired. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But what an affirmation, you know, a confirmation yeah. of taking that leap and deciding that you're going to go all in with this jewelry. Why do you think that nickel and suede has developed such a cult following. And, I, and I'm using that word loosely because you have rabid fans. You really do. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. why do you think about that dynamic? How has it been created? Yeah, it's a great question. Sometimes one that I still am asking myself and trying to figure out. I mean, it's such an honor. We do have so many loyal customers that many have been with us from the beginning. And the collections of nickel and suede that these women own and are so proud of is just it's astounding. You know, it's 50 pairs of earrings, 100 pairs of earrings, and that's not just one person. So, you know, I think really early on, we found that women were calling our earrings life-changing. And it was, mm -hmm. like, how could earrings be life-changing? But really, it changes how you wear jewelry. It's a whole nother category of jewelry. It does add this confidence element when you wear a big pair of earrings that are comfortable they were getting compliments on them. And so it really felt like the earrings became a symbol of something that made them feel more confident, made them feel more bold. And then as people also knew my story, where I did come from being a stay-at-home mom to now CEO of a company, you know, I've, I blogged and I've talked openly quite a bit of the stretching and the out of the comfort zone and the feeling all along. And so I think they're able to see themselves a little bit in me and hope that she can do it, I can do it. And that's really been my focus and part of our brand values is just that empowering feeling of, look, I, if I can do it, you can do it. And so I have a podcast called with Kylie Nichols and it's, mm -hmm. you know, I feature women that I'm, I just want, I want our listeners to see, look what she did, look what she did, look what she did. And you can do what you are meant to do too. So. Besides creating jewelry, you're committed to building community. You talked a little bit about your blog. I know you have a, a huge Instagram following, but why is creating community so important to you? And, and what do you focus on in particular? Community has been really important from the beginning. Having a blog, I started a blog in 2012. And the relationships I created with my readers was really so important, especially for then launching Nickel and Suede, was just to have this group of women that supported and trusted me and that I wanted to give back to constantly. And so... As we've continued to grow the brand, that's we've continued to try to pour into that. We have a, a Facebook group that has almost 9,000 women in it. And these women are the most encouraging, supportive, just empowering friends. It's just the coolest community where we challenge each other. We try to encourage everyone to, to be their best and show up for each other. And so seeing that in just like this small group, but then also, you know, in our stores, we do pop-ups and we have local female founders or other local businesses come in and wanting to help you know, if we have a storefront that we can help them come have a presence in and try to see some more success, then we want to do that. And yeah, giving that kind of platform, that additional exposure. Yeah, really just sharing what I've learned, you know, on my podcast just so that we can help lift other people up. So it's all about that giving back and inspiring others to be to be what they who they want to be. Absolutely. And you also have an earring series you, where you give back to causes. Talk to us about that. Yeah, we were able to launch um, one of our most popular selling styles last year. And it's, it's our Black Sweetheart and wanting to really do something during a lot of the 
civil rights movements and, and discussions last year and say, what can we do that's authentic to us that also shows support to so many different people. And so we've launched this hearing and it's been one of our bestsellers. We give we've donated, I think, $32,000. I mean, we've sold so many to four different organizations that are really supportive of people of color and then also women and girls. And that's just been really encouraging and fun to see. We hear more and more about customers wanting to patronize brands with a community conscience, much like Nickel and Suede, you know, which is, is an extension of you, obviously, as the owner. So what are your thoughts on that? It's definitely been the movement, I think, of shopping and how people spend their dollars over the last few years. And I think it's even escalated faster through COVID and through just, you know, all these chances where we reevaluate how we spend money and time. And I think customers are holding brands to a lot higher standard than they used to, probably similar to influencers where it's like, you have influence, you have values, use them. And so I think people are looking to brands to do something with their influence. So we definitely want to play our part there. And so, you know, we're really proud that we were made in the USA. You know, we've, we've tried to keep our production here in Kansas City. We mm-hmm. want to provide local jobs and we want to support those other local businesses like that come into our stores and then figuring out how we can support our customers because I do think it's a personal relationship with a customer with a brand if the brand can have the heart and the story and the values that align with them. Every entrepreneur has influence, uh, whether it's within the walls of their business where they're influencing associates, employees, whether it's with their customers, the greater community, all entrepreneurs have influence. When did you realize as an entrepreneur that you had influence? I've probably a little bit of a unique entrepreneur in that I've lived the influencer life for a long time by having such a social media is my business. I remember when I was starting my blog, you know, years ago, and it was like, just putting things out there into the world. I'm just talking about stuff and really feeling like I started to have influence in this relationship when I would get emails from readers who said, oh my goodness, this resonated so much. Like you shared your story and that gave me courage mm-hmm. to do this too. Or um, the constant question of like, well, how, where did you buy that? Where did you get that? How can I be like that? And feeling so honored by that. But we have, one of our sons has a cleft palate. And so just sharing his story and resources with people and getting those emails and messages saying, I feel like I have hope now. And so, you know, I know that's like on the style side and the blogging side, but keeping that alive is so important to me because I do feel like it reflects on our business. And, you know, who is behind the business? It's me, it's my values. And I'm constantly motivated by pouring into other people and inspiring them. And, you know, as a business owner, learning the ropes and then being like, okay, how can I use what I learned to teach somebody else who maybe maybe is starting in the same spot of, I don't know anything. It's, it's an honor. <laughs> yeah. What is the hardest lesson that you think you've had to learn as an entrepreneur? Oh, I think probably what failing looks like and being willing to do it. I'm such a perfectionist and I want to look like I know what I'm doing. I want to be somebody that can teach and inspire and pour into people. And so feeling like I, I'm in a season of life where I don't know. And, you know, what do I do with that? How do I sit with that? You know, I worked really hard as a blogger and as an influencer to learn things and to put myself out there and feeling like I had kind of, I don't know, figured some things out. And then uh, as a business owner, I kind of just had to start over again. Like, wow, okay, managing people. Didn't have to do this as a blogger or a stay-at-home mom. Right. You know, these are people. How do I fail when I'm dealing with people? And how do I acknowledge that and talk about it and figure it out? So, you know, I think I think the people side of having a business has been um, a huge learning. And one I don't take lightly, but also like 
still so much to learn. Yes, absolutely. You know, you left Kansas City for a while and you moved to Seattle, but then you returned back here to Kansas City, which is your hometown. What attracted you back here and and why have you kept your business here even as it's gained a national reputation? My perspective on Kansas City and staying in Kansas City, of course, has evolved over my life. I remember as a teenager, Kansas City wasn't nearly as cool. And I thought, I'm just going to leave and I'm going to go do something big. And, you know, I had all these big dreams, but as I matured a little bit, I realized Kansas City has so much opportunity. And I mean, of course, my family lives here, which I value so highly now that I have kids that, you know, after our second baby, I was like, get me back to my family. I, <laughs> I want that support system and I want to be in a place where I know things. And so we have five boys. We love living here in the Midwest. I think Kansas City has, like I said, so much potential and opportunity. And then as starting, you know, having a business here, it's just been an immense, I guess you'd say support system still, but so many resources, people are so willing to help. I feel like it's not as crowded of a space yet. And so there's just a lot of opportunity. So, you know, it's centrally positioned. It's perfect for shipping all over the country. I just, I don't see a reason to leave. We love it here. We're glad that you're here. And obviously, a lot of other people are recognizing what you're doing here. Recently, you were uh, named as one of the Business Journal's Women Who Mean Business for 2021. So congratulations on that. That is not an easy thing to accomplish. So given where you are now and the values, the philosophies you have, if time, money, resources were not an issue, where do you see yourself, Kylie Nichols, in 10 years? Mm, That's a good question. You know, we think about sometimes like you're supposed to plan for exiting the business or someday for all your dreams come true. And sometimes like, I know I'm living my dreams right now. I would never not want to be running my business. And, you know, part of that's just because I love the impact that we get to make. And so I think if there was no restraints that I would be, that we found a way and an avenue to really have a give back that we can participate in, you know, more than just the day-to-day. So we worked with a company called Days for Girls, an organization, and they provide menstrual supplies to girls in need all over the world. And so I think finding a cause like that or creating our own where it's like, I can go make a difference, inspire, touch, share my story, and also lift, you know, girls or kids and people out of poverty and out of tough situation. And I think that would be a really fulfilling way to say, look how all of our talk about empowerment and optimism has translated into really making a difference on the ground for people. I don't quite know what that's going to look like yet, but I'm really excited to find out. Yeah, I have no doubt you will find out and we'll be hearing more from Kylie Nichols. Kylie, thank you so much for being on the show today. We're glad that you're here in Kansas City and doing the work that you do and that you're having fun and have a successful brand to boot. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks again. This is Joe Close, president of Country Club Bank. Thank you to Kylie Nichols for being our guest on this episode of Banking on KC. It's always exciting to watch a local entrepreneur like Kylie Nichols make something from nothing to turn an idea into a business that is thriving nationally and is now growing internationally too. It's even more rewarding to witness that entrepreneur use her influence to empower others to be successful. Not only does Kylie strive to inspire confidence in the women who wear her jewelry, she strives to empower other women business owners by creating special lines of jewelry to raise funds for organizations dedicated to supporting BIPOC communities. 
In addition, she hosts give-back events at Nicolin Suede locations, and she opens her retail stores for pop-up events that showcase other local female founders to give them more exposure. As an entrepreneur, Kylie has recognized her power to influence and to use it to empower and create community. We all have the power to influence. How are you using yours to make a difference? Thanks for tuning in this week. We're banking on you, Kansas City. Country Club Bank. Member FDIC.